Hey, this is Pastor Jeff Workmeister of Elevate Church, and welcome to our podcast. I want to thank you for listening today. I hope this inspires you, encourages you, and builds your faith. Enjoy the podcast. All right, let's pray one more time. Jesus, we thank you that you are in this place. God, we just never take that for granted. thank you for your presence. And Holy Spirit, if you weren't here today, this day would mean nothing. We could have the best sound, best worship, best message, but if we don't have your presence, if we don't have your Holy Spirit, then it means nothing. And so we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would just move in our hearts this morning. Move in our lives. Reveal Jesus to us this morning. So we want to be more like him. I just rest in your grace right now. We thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your freedom. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thanks, Ray. Appreciate it. Give it up for the worship team, everybody. Did a fantastic job this morning. That's all I'm talking about. All right. Anybody uh, like roller coasters? Anybody in here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big fans, big fans, roller coasters. Yeah. So uh, I like some roller coasters. Um, I'm not a big fan of my stomach dropping. I'm going to be honest with you. That's pretty much the worst feeling. And uh, I'm just, I, I will hyperventilate. I'm not a big fan at all. But uh, so this past week, me and my wife and my son went to Disney, everybody, for two days um, and uh, went down with, there with Pastor Jeff and Jess and their boys. And um, it was a great, great time. If you've never been to Disney, uh, just imagine uh, walking 20,000 steps on the surface of the sun, you know, because it is freaking hot. I'll tell you that much. All right. Just drenched in sweat. I'm pretty sure we, we pushed Mitchell uh, to his limit, all right? He was up um, almost every single night till like 11 because we wanted to see the fireworks, all right? But he's a trooper, uh, but we went to Disney this past week. You can throw that first picture. There we are, Magic Kingdom. Yeah, show the video real quick. There's us on a roller coaster. That was pretty fun. Um, yeah, it was a great, great, great time. But uh, something I noticed about these uh, coasters is this, is, you know, I'm kind of used to King's Island where it's like, hey, it just goes, uh, you know, it comes up and then people get on and then you got to wait till it goes around and then people jump on again. But with Disney, it's like, hey, jump on real quick. And about two seconds later, here goes another one really, really fast. It's just like, that's how we keep the line moving. And it just goes around and around and around constantly in this circle. And, you know, I was preparing for this message um, a, while, a while back, and the Lord uh, was placing this on my heart, but the Lord kind of showed me this just at Disney again, right? That this can be how our lives are, where we are in this continual circle and this cycle in our lives. And so today, I want to talk to you about breaking the cycle in our lives, And in Deuteronomy chapter 2, we find the Israelites 
in the same situation. In Deuteronomy chapter 1, the Lord tells them to circle a mountain. And the Bible says that it should have taken 11 days. 11 days to get around this circle, or around this mountain. And the Bible also says that it took them 40 years to get around this mountain. Now, I'm reading this and I'm thinking, what are you doing for 40 years that it takes you this long to get around this mountain? If it only takes 11 days, what are you doing? What is holding you back to, from moving past this mountain? And I think if we're being honest with ourselves, in this room, all of us have a situation in our lives, a mountain that we find ourselves circling over and over and over again, right? We have a mountain that we are just cycling around over and over and over again. Let me ask you a couple questions. Have you ever felt stuck in life? Yeah? Does every single day look like the day before? Do you find yourself constantly thinking, why did I do that again? These are signs that you are facing a cycle in life. It may be a mountain of anger that you snap at your spouse or snap at your kids. I know that Elaine and I are, are starting to get into like the spanking mode, you know, but sometimes it gets a little frustrating, give them a little slap, you know, on the wrist. But I think a lot of us deal with a mountain of anger. Maybe it's a, a cycle of bitterness. Maybe you see somebody that's getting ahead in life. Maybe you see somebody that's just put in a brand new pool. You see somebody that's just taking a, a really nice vacation. And inside of you, you think, why isn't that me? And you can never, ever be happy for somebody because you live in a cycle of bitterness. Maybe it's a cycle of laziness. You know God is calling you to do more. You know God is calling you to, to spend more time with your spouse, spend more time with your kids, spend more time with him, but you just can't seem to get past this mountain. Maybe it's a cycle of discontentment. I want more. I want more. I want more. For me, and I'm going to share some stories today, all right? So no judgment. I remember Elaine and I were um, pretty newly married. She doesn't know the story, so I don't know I'm looking at her. Um, right? Um, you were there. And um, we were freshly married, and we were living in that house, all right, right over there, okay? They, when we moved into this building, they were like, hey, there's this house, but it's condemned and everything like that. And we were like, no, absolutely not. We're resurrecting in Jesus' name. Um, so we did our best to resurrect it, and... Um, but um, I remember um, I was preaching uh, one Sunday, and we had gone to TJ Maxx, okay? And, you know, at the, at the time, you know, money wasn't, like, tight, but it's not like we were rich, you know? 
and um, kind of in the in-between. And we went to TJ Maxx, and I remember I saw this really, really nice golf shirt, all right? I was like, this is cool. It's got a Nike sign on it. I'm legit. And I'm like, you know what? I want to buy this shirt because I'm preaching this next Sunday, and I really, really uh, want to wear it, you know? Like, look I'm, look good on stage, you know? Everybody's like, wow, I didn't know he was sponsored by Nike. And, um, you know, and Elena was like, uh, I don't know if we should get it. And, uh, you know, we're like, we don't need it. You know, you got enough clothes and everything like that. You got nice clothes. And I don't know what happened inside of me, but I just like turned into like a four-year-old where I was like, mm. and uh, I was like, this is dumb. I want my shirt. And uh, I just like, I, I seriously just had this like discontentment in my heart and like just this like honest, like this is so embarrassing, but like pouting, like full-on like toddler, like, mm. like I, did, I didn't look at her, I didn't talk to her. I was just like, this is so dumb. I'm like, if I want to get my shirt, I'm going to get my shirt, you know? And I was like, this is, this is just dumb. And she's like, no, like we, we don't, you don't need it. You're good and everything like that. And I, I, guys, I kid you not. I mean, I was legit sitting on my couch, just like pouting, like, like none other. And and this is not the first time this has happened, all right? So, so once again, a mountain, got to move past it. And uh, I just remember, like, man, I, I, I walked out to this field over here because I was just kind of, um, when I lived here, I used to just kind of hit golf balls back and forth. And um, so I would do that and be like, you know, walking out in the field and everything like that. And the Lord's just... He's like, you got to get past this, man. Like, it's just a shirt, you know? Like, I mean, it, it was a ridiculous moment in my life, but an honest moment of, look, no matter how small, no matter how big, we all have cycles in life that we are just dealing with. And we all have cycles in life that we just find ourselves coming back to it over and over again. Anybody with me? I mean, there's just a big mountain that it's just like, listen, this should be like, listen, let's go around it once, maybe twice, and let's move on. But we find ourselves just year after year after year dealing with the same issues in our lives. But here's the good news, all right? And I love this. And in Deuteronomy chapter 2, Verse 1, it says, Then we turned and set out for the wilderness by the way of the Red Sea, just as the Lord had told me, and we circled the mountain of Seir for many days. Verse 2, it says, Then the Lord spoke to me, saying, You have circled this mountain long enough. Turn northward. And here's the truth today, all right? is that yes, all of us have cycles in life. We all have mountains that we are going around right now. But this is what the, wor the word of the Lord is saying this morning, that you have circled this mountain long enough. Amen? You have circled this mountain long enough because it can be years and years and years of dealing with the same issues but the Lord is saying that you have circled it long enough and it's time to move on. Amen? 
It's time to move on. 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15 says, God always makes his grace visible in Christ, who includes us as partners of his endless triumph. God's wanting you to triumph over the cycle of life, to break that cycle this morning. So I want to share with you three things to remember, three truths to remember that I have found out in my life and what the Lord has shown me. So three truths to remember to break the cycle. Truth number one is this. God does not see you as your mountain. God does not see you as your mountain. Let me ask you a real question. I want you to think about this. How do you honestly view yourself? As a parent, as a spouse, as a leader, as a worker, as a human being, all of us view ourselves in a certain light. So how do you view yourself? Do you wake up with purpose, thinking that God's called me to be triumphant today? That God's called me to be victorious today? Or do you wake up viewing yourself as your mountain or as your cycle? You see, when we deal with the same things over and over again, we can easily identify ourselves with our struggle. We can think that we are that struggle. And we will never get past it. We will never, ever be triumphant over it. Because year after year, month after month, we deal with the same mountain. And so it's so easy to now transform our identity in thinking that I am this struggle. And this is just who I am. And this is something that I like to call discouragement. You are discouraged. And this is one of the best tools that the enemy has, is discouragement. This is why God tells Joshua in, jo in the book of Joshua, do not be discouraged. Because if the enemy can get you discouraged in life, then he can get you to believe that you will never get out of this cycle. If the enemy can get you discouraged, that's him going for the knockout. If he can get you to believe that you are just this struggle in life, that you are this mountain that you are circling constantly, then he can get you to believe that you will never, ever get out of it. Another story. Me and Elena have been married for almost five years this November. Our son just turned, yeah, hey now. Our son just turned two yesterday. We have another son on the way. So things are getting pretty serious between us. Um, I like her. Um, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I made the right choice. But uh, so I have, a very, I have a very loving wife. All right. And um, just some preferences. Um, very loving. And but she... 
she's very confident. She's very uh, blunt. She just tells it how it is, you know? And, uh, and sometimes, truthfully, it can come off as a little harsh, you know? Uh, you know, but uh, I always, I tell people, uh, you know, I, I married the female version of Pastor Jeff, you know? Like, that's just, that's just, they just give you a little perspective, all right? That's why we, we work so good together. Um, but, uh, you know, so, so sometimes she can th- say things and they just comes off a little harsh, a little blunt. And uh, I'll be honest, I do, I, I do dumb things in life sometimes, all right? Uh, I'll give you an example. Um, uh, for some reason, I just love coffee mugs, you know? Uh, and I like my coffee in a mug, not in like a to-go, you know, thing, you know, with like a lid and everything like that. That's dumb. But uh, it just, you know, um, I just like a mug, right? So I'll go in the car and, uh, you know, fill the mug to the top, and it spills 90% of the time, all right? It, it gets all over the place. And, you know, she's talked to me about this several times. She's like, just get a lid, you know? It's not that hard. Um, it's not going to change the world for you to have a mug. And, um, but I don't know what it is. I just, I like having a mug. And um, so anyway, like, she'll, she'll talk to me about this, all right? And this may seem, like, super silly, but... Uh, but sometimes she'll just, I'll, I'll spill, and I already feel bad, you know, because, A, I've burnt my fingers, and, you know, now my car smells like coffee, which is not a bad thing, you know? It's refreshing. Uh, wakes me up in the morning. Um, but after a while, she gets a little frustrated, understandably, and she'll say, you know, why do you do this? Why? Just, just grab a mug, you know, or not grab a mug, grab a to-go cup. You know, we have plenty, you know? There's like three different Yetis in the, in the cupboard, you know, just grab one. And, you know, honestly, like, I, I, I've kind of just developed, um, you know, over, it's taken me almost five years to, in my mind, kind of feel like I'm qualified to be a husband. And I'm qualified to be a leader and a, and a father of, of soon-to-be two sons, right? And so the enemy has had its moments in my life where he's just kind of discouraged me. And even as some, simple as like this little mistake, you know, the slightest word can discourage me. And my natural response is to kind of lean back from it, like to kind of go back away from it. Because the enemy has kind of discouraged me to the point where I think, oh, I'm just an idiot, right? Like, I just deal with this. And so that's what the enemy wants to do in our lives, where he wants to discourage us so much that he wants us to feel like we are that mountain, we are that mistake, and we will never, ever get out of it. But this is what the Lord says. Psalms chapter 42, verse 11. It says, so I say to my soul, do not be discouraged. Do not be disturbed. For I know my God will break through for me. Then I will have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, he is my saving grace. And so the Lord is saying this morning, listen, You are not your mountain. You are not your cycle. And when the enemy just dumps discouragement on you, the Lord is saying the complete opposite. 
the Lord is saying, take courage, right? Because if we have courage, then that courage inside of us now says, you know what? I'm not going to live in my cycle anymore. I'm not going to live in this uh, round and round and round living. I'm not going to circle this mountain again. The Lord is saying this morning, listen, I don't want to discourage you. I want to put courage inside of you this morning. That's the way that I see you. And so what the enemy wants to bring discouragement, he wants to bring shame, and he wants to tell you that you are this, the Lord is saying this morning that you need to take courage because my love is with you, and I'm more than enough for you, and it's time to move on from this mountain. So that's truth number one, that the Lord does not see you for your mistakes. He does not see you as your, as your mountain. Point number two is this. There is a difference between disliking and hating. There's a difference between disliking and hating. Romans chapter 12, verse 9 says, hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good. Here's what I mean by this. When you dislike something, there is a good chance that you could return to it, okay? Uh, for example, I just... I'm not a big fan of Hothead. Anybody like Hothead in here? Good. All right. Nate. Jesus. Yeah. Chipotle. Yeah. All right. I worked there for five years. All right. No big deal. But I just, I, I'm not a big fan of Hothead, right? But I don't hate Hothead, okay? So if you were to ask me, hey, do you want to go to lunch? I'll pay. I'll go to, well, let's go to Hothead. I would go to Hothead, right? Now, Pastor Jeff loves this place called Portillo's, okay? All right? I hate Portillo's, all right? It is disgusting. It is gross. It makes me feel gross. It's a bunch of hot dogs, all right? No offense, okay? No offense. If you like it, if you got stock in Portillo's, I'm very sorry, okay? All right? But uh, if you're like, oh, it's opening up a franchise next week. Um, I'm very sorry. But I just do not like Portillo's. Like, I hate Portillo's. What it means, and what I mean by that is, listen, when you dislike something, okay, there's a good chance that you'll go back to it eventually, right? But when you hate something, there is no chance of you going back to it ever again, right? And this is the, this is the truth of it, okay, is that a lot of us dislike our cycle. A lot of us dislike our mountain. But then there's a side of us that says, ah, kind of brings me a little bit of comfort, you know? Kind of brings me a little bit of, you know, yeah, like a little bit of joy every once in a while, you know, a little bit of happiness every once in a while, you know? I kind of like soaking in my bitterness a little bit, you know? It kind of makes me feel good. I kind of like making fun of that person or being jealous of that person. It kind of makes me feel good, you know? That's what disliking is. There is a good chance that you will go back to it. But the Bible is saying to hate what is evil? To hate it. And hating says there is zero chance that I am going back to that. You have to look at your cycle. You have to look at your mountain and say, I hate living like this. I hate, hate Dealing with the same issues over and over and over again. 
Can I be real honest with you? For years and years and years, I battled with lust in my life. And people ask me, how did you break free from it? It's because I decided that I, that I hate it. I hate it. It's not God's best for my life. And I hate it. It's not like a disliking where like it makes me feel awful afterwards, but like I, I, I kind of enjoy it. There's a part of it that makes me feel good. But it comes to a point in our lives where we say, you know what? I'm tired of being angry and I hate being angry. I hate being anxious. And here's the deal. Is what started the hate in my life is when I realized that God hates it. And I began to just start praying, God, I want to hate what you hate. I want to love what you love. If it breaks your heart, let it break mine. If it grieves the Holy Spirit, and let it grieve me. One of the most dangerous prayers you could ever pray is, Lord, give me a sensitive conviction because he will do it. He will do it. And I just begin to feel just the very heart of God saying that this breaks my heart. Matt, this mountain that you have lived in for years and years and years breaks my heart. And I hate it. I don't hate you, but I hate your, the mountain that has been holding you back. I hate the sin. I hate the negative thinking. I hate the doubt. I hate the worry. We cannot live a life of disliking and expect to break our cycle. We have to live a life of hate. And that only is developed in our life when we find out what God hates. And we connect our lives with what God hates. If he hates it, then I'm going to hate it. Proverbs 8. Verse 13, all who fear the Lord will hate evil. All who fear the Lord will hate evil. Point number three is this. Hold on to hope. Hold on to hope. Hebrews chapter, sorry, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. It says this, so now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. What is hope? It's a feeling of expectation and desire for a certain thing to happen. And the enemy knows 
that if he can turn off the light of hope in your life, then he's got you. It's hope that keeps us moving. It's hope that keeps us going. And the thing about hope is that if you can see just a little bit, if you can see just a little bit, then you can keep on moving forward. I love this uh, feature on the iPhone when it comes to the flashlight. So you can choose your dimness. It works well when you're checking on your kid in the middle of the night. If you could just kill the screen and turn off the lights, please. Awesome. Ray, this is a true test. Can you pray? Can you play in the dark? What I love uh, about hope is that even in the darkness, even just a little bit, at the very dimness, if you can see it, you can make it through. If you can see it, you can keep going. And sometimes our hope is a little bit brighter. We feel good about it. We go home from church and we think, man, this is my week. This is it. God is for me. I'm going to do better this week. And then it starts, the week starts, and you start to think of your situation, and you may find yourself in the cycle again, and you're going through the mountain again, and then all of a sudden your hope gets a little bit dimmer. And some of you may be burning bright this morning with hope. Some of you may be all the way down. Some of you may be just completely turned out. No matter where you are this morning, the Lord wants to brighten hope in your life. And he wants to show you that I've got a way out. With me, you can break the cycle. With me, you can go around this mountain no more. You get turned on the lights. I uh, honestly, uh, you can turn on the exhorting lights, please. Thank you. I honestly, um, you know, I rarely, I rarely, rarely share this. But man, like I said, I, I, I battled with lust for years. It was just, uh, it was awful. And um, just so much shame. And there's just a lot of times where I, uh, my, my, my hope was just very, very small. And there was a lot of times where I would just be circling this mountain for years. And I just think to myself, you know, if I, I 
I can walk away from Jesus or I can just end it, right? I can end my life. Because that's just what the enemy does. The enemy tries to just turn off the light of hope. But the Lord is saying this morning, hold firmly to the hope that you have. Hold firmly to the light in the darkness. You may, have been, you may be going through something right now. The same thing over and over and over again. And you may just be so discouraged. And you may be so full of shame. And you may just be so uh, beaten down by the enemy. But the Lord is saying, hold on to hope. I'm going to see you through. I keep my promises. I'm going to see you through. Hold on to hope. And in those moments in my life that I'm struggling, what brings me to freedom is just holding on to Jesus. When I would deal with mistake after mistake, the only thing that has brought me to stand before you today is returning to Jesus. Is coming back to him because he is our hope. And the Lord is so gracious and the Lord is so loving and the Lord is so full of mercy and he's full of hope this morning. Why don't you stand up? We're just going to continue to worship Jesus and maybe you're just, your hope is just very, very dim this morning and your hope is very, very, uh, just low. And you've been going through this cycle and you've been going around this mountain over and over and over again and you don't see a way out. But the Lord is saying this morning, hold on to hope. Hold on to me. Hold on to me this morning. I've got more than what you're dealing with right now. I've got more in your life than what you are dealing with right now. I'm going to see you through. I'm going to see you through. So we're just going to sing this chorus, and I just want us just to, cry, just to cry out to Jesus right now. Return to Jesus. Return to Jesus right now. Return to Jesus right now.